Good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. So glad you're here with us today on Tuesday, December 17th. That's right. It's a week from the day that good old St. Nick drops by. We're just a week away. We're glad you're here. Uh, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined every week by Mr. St. Nick himself, the Santa Claus, the founder and editor-in-chief of Rocket Sports Media, Rick Stevens. You know, St. Nick, St. Rick, kind of all goes together. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that our theme music is played in Hershey? The theme music for this podcast, the From the Press Box podcast, uh, that was so carefully selected, Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, the 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 good taste of of Zach Fish and the wonderful people in Hershey, Pennsylvania, also That's play right. that that song, the in-game music. Um, yeah, I think in the coming, is it? It's in the intermissions, I think. I think um, so. Yeah, but a great song. It is. It's very good. It was. We kind of stopped and hey, we know that song our song mm-hmm. our podcast song and it was right there um pretty exciting stuff pretty exciting that oh, it's a week till christmas are you ready are you completely like you are cards are sent packages are wrapped santa's cookies are waiting for him with his glass of milk and and you're you're like you're way more ready than me right no, see, but but being Ukrainian, you you have you have until the seventh is what I've always been told. Um, you know, oh, we really? we have a little bit of leeway. Ukrainian really? Christmas not till then, so yeah, we can you, you kind of meander within that December twenty fifth to January seventh window. That if people get things then uh, somewhere in there uh, for all those that were sending. Uh, Rocket Sports Media cards out to if you get it in then it's 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 still on hmm. time. Yeah. January seventh. Hmm. You know somebody Ukrainian has Christmas. A birth- uh, no, my birthday. Oh really? Yeah. So the question is, are you <laughs> getting Joseph Whalen a Christmas present this year and is he getting you a birthday present this year? Um you know, your best friend Joseph Whalen. It's funny because uh, you have when I leave my with. house and I drive down the road and I get to the first traffic light to get out to the main road, there's this lovely place on the corner that's always advertising that if you need to fill up um, a, a new delivery of Black Shack coal for the homes in the Lehigh Valley who uh, do <laughs> still heat their homes with coal, and yes, we do have lots of those because this is coal country, um, that you can just you know come and load up the back of your car. So I thought that perhaps I could get them to send a special delivery all the way out to Newfoundland uh, with Joe Whalen's name on it, special Pennsylvania mind Black Shack Coal. A whole stocking's worth, you could say. Probably wouldn't even have to put his name. They'd know where it was going. They 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 would know exactly where it was going. Yep. They would say, oh, we've heard about this guy. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Santa's had him on the naughty list since, I don't know, sometime last year. So um, 
been a long time coming. They know right where to go. Either that or some so, cod. So, um, Mr. Farnham Flyers suffered uh, <laughs> last last week. Uh, we were talking about uh, him having a rather easy matchup mm-hmm. uh, because it was a team that had kind of been a little bit abandoned, not not well cared for, and he was off to a twelve to nothing lead or something. And yeah. um, we we spoke about it on the podcast. We had an avalanche of response uh, folks wanting to take on, not only wanting to, to join the, the, the uh, all Habs fantasy hockey league, uh, but wanting to take on that team and wanting to face Joseph Whalen, wanting to face the Farnham flyers. And uh, it was Shane who came one of our, our contest winners uh, came out to the Vancouver draft with us. Uh, and he was, he was first in, got the team, uh, turned it around miraculously and came out with a victory at the end of by the end of the week six five beat the Farnham Flyers um, and uh, Joseph who was counting on ra- a rather easy win uh, lost that game and is now in second place in the All Habs Fantasy Hockey League. Oh, that's a shame because I think I remember winning last week. Hmm. So. Mr. Whalen. And I want to, I should also say that um, there's a couple of people, you know, all Habs fantasy sports, uh, very wide ranging. And so, of course, we always talk about this rivalry that we've got with Mr. Whalen and everyone else on the all Habs fantasy hockey team. However, uh, we do have three, not one, not two, but three all Habs fantasy football teams. And I would just like leagues, to say that football leagues, leagues, sorry, not teams, leagues. Uh, and I happen, well, I'm, I'm in the original one as are you. Um, and then I'm also in all Habs three. Uh, Cause there was a year, a couple year, a few years ago that they needed one extra manager. So I'm in all Habs three as well. And I would just like to note that it is championship week. And of the three, all Habs football leagues, you are in the running to win all Habs one, and I am in the one running to win all Habs three. So the championship rings are coming out. Well, and it was, <laughs> if I do say so myself, it was quite a comeback. Um, I ended up third uh, after the, in, in the regular season in, in the all Habs keeper league uh, for football uh, was going up against the number two team in the semifinal, um, Michael and his counterboot Redux team, um, and uh, beat him uh, by less than a point, <laughs> less than a point uh, to uh, to glide on into the to the finals. Uh, hmm. So, yep, final next week, um, and looking forward to that. It, I am as well. I've got a tough opponent who's got Lamar Jackson in his lineup. So, um, sorry, Baltimore. I hope you have a really, really bad week this week. Um, lots of fun with the All Habs Fantasy Sports. If Remember, if you would like to join either the All Habs uh, Football Leagues for next year or if you're interested in All Habs Fantasy Hockey, reach out and let us know. Let Rick know. Let myself know. We'll get you all hooked up with our commish the one and only, the very good Mr. Brian, uh, and we'll get you all squared away. The more, the merrier. 
Um, but today we are going to talk about uh, some real hockey, not just fantasy hockey. Uh, we're going to start with a little chat about the Laval Rocket and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. We're going to take a look at how both of those teams performed last week. Uh, Rick, as you alluded to, we in fact got to take in the Lehigh Valley Phantoms game at the Hershey Bears Arena uh, on Sunday. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. It was Hall of Fame night for uh, the Hershey Bears, which was a, a pretty neat experience, um, as well as talk a little bit, about, of course, about the Laval Rocket. Uh, they had three games last week all at home. We're going to talk about how those went, um, talk a little bit more about goaltending, because I feel like we have to talk about it every week, because that saga goes on and on and on and on. Um, and then in the second segment, of course, we're going to go around the AHL We'll reveal the AHL Player of the Week, some suspensions that were handed down today, uh, and just take a look at how the standings are shaping up uh, as we head into the Christmas holiday. And uh, before we wrap the show, of course, we'll go beyond the AHL, give you a little update on that um, potential ECHL project uh, in Trois-Rivières. Uh, might be some interesting news came out about that this week that we're going to touch on. Uh, as well as a very important uh, initiative and hashtag that is pulling everyone in the hockey community together uh, this week. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So Rick, we've got, uh, we've got a whole, we've got a full lineup here today. We do. And excited to get to it. Excited for sure. So let's first start um, let's start with, well, let's actually start with Lehigh Valley's game against Hershey. Now, um, you know, Lehigh Valley is, as are most teams in the AHL, they are suffering roster depletion, um, quite a bit uh, the, the, between injuries on the, on the flyers, um, and, and so on and so forth and suspensions. Uh, it's, like a constant turnstile, the up and down between the Phantoms and, and the Flyers. And so um, it just so happened Sunday's game in Hershey, it was the last game in a three and three for, um, for uh, Lehigh Valley. They played in Hartford on Friday night. They played at home against Hartford on Saturday for their teddy bear toss night. And then they turned around and they played in Hershey on Sunday evening. And so Rick, it was, um, you know, the evening started off very interestingly. It was Hershey's Hall of Fame night, and uh, you you uh, were quite familiar with the gentleman who was inducted into the Hall of Fame there. Yeah, well, uh, one of them. Uh, there was there were several. Uh, John Paddock was uh, one of the the individuals who was uh, uh, um, inducted into uh, their Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, John Paddock, who was, was, uh, uh, is now, a um, uh, general manager of the Regina Pats and WHL, but, uh, in the first go round of the Winnipeg Jets, he was uh, head coach and then later, uh, general manager and, uh, just the, 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 the nicest, humblest, uh, um, uh, a great guy. And, and I think we heard that over and over again, um, and uh, still holds uh, some records uh, with respect to coaching uh, when he coached Hershey, Hershey uh, and was only there for four years, but uh, mm-hmm. um, coached some great teams and, and a Calder Cup winner there. So um, good to see him recognized. It was good to see him again, and then and good to see him uh, recognized on that night. 
Absolutely. It was uh it was a it was a nice way to start the evening. Um and uh the evening after that continued to be quite nice for Hershey and not so nice for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um Alex Lyons started uh in net for this game and the and the first period to be honest was was pretty decently played. Uh Lehigh Valley had some good moments, uh some some good bouts of, of offensive pressure and, and good forechecking puck possession. Um, and then right towards the end of the period, I know this is a guy who you've always liked every time we've seen him, uh, Hershey's Axel Janssen Falby. Um, yes, that is a mouthful, but <laughs> uh, he managed to score with just under two minutes left uh, in, in the first period. So, okay, you go to the first intermission, you're down one, nothing, um, not the greatest way to end the period, but, but nothing indicating that you wouldn't be able to get it back. Well, Second period starts, and 20 seconds into it, Hershey goes up to nothing. And Rick, I think I, I was down at ice level taking photographs at that point, but I'm sure you in the press box were thinking the same thing I was at ice level when, after that second goal, 20 seconds into the period, Scott Gordon pulled his goaltender, uh, and JF Baruby came into the game. And I, th- I think everyone was kind of like, wow, that was a quick decision. I was sitting with uh, with a number of scouts and and we all kind of looked each other, at each other and and was like okay that was uh, yeah it was it was two nothing at that time but mm-hmm. uh, the the factor of a, a late goal by Hershey in the first period then uh, with Garrett Peel on scoring with just twenty seconds into the the second um, and and you know it was uh, um, it, it, it was. It, it was puzzling at 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 the time for for some of us, um, and uh, uh, it led to some sharing of stories of of uh, of, of uh, the scouts talking about one of them being a goaltender, how uh, uh, the the occasions that he was pulled. Uh, but we realized kind of right away that uh, after that, that listen, Scott Gordon himself a goaltender, right? So mm-hmm. um, he was able to pick up on some cues uh, from bench level that, uh, that we weren't. And uh, um, he, he knows his, his goaltenders uh, certainly better than us. Um, but after that, um, you know, the, the flyers had nothing. It was at that point, I guess uh, part of it too, was to spark his team and, and uh, there was just nothing there. There was, uh, yeah. they had, they had no energy. They had no spark. They had no pushback. Um, Andrea, I've got a, a, a power play goal uh, three mm-hmm. minutes into the second period, a uh, third period, but, but still, even at that point, they didn't seem the, 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 the phantoms didn't seem threatening. And uh, uh, a few minutes later, Bobby Nardella uh, put them up three, one, and it was over. It was just a, a pretty lethargic kind of effort by, uh, by the phantoms and, and they just seemed kind of beaten down and, and uh, weren't able to compete on that particular day. Yeah. Now, and, and you'd mentioned Bobby Nardella with, with that third goal for Hershey, that was his first professional goal. So it was a big deal for him. It came on the power play. The only, the only penalty that Lehigh Valley took in the entire game. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, Hershey was able to convert it. I mentioned that because as we spoke about last week, these two teams had met each other the week prior and it was an out and out slugfest. 
Um, I, I think we had mentioned that the two teams had combined for over 80 penalty minutes in the game the week prior. So the potential was there that, that some of that could carry over. And in fact, Kale Cassie and Curtis Gabriel were, were two of the ones that threw down uh, against each other the week prior. And even during warmups, uh, Gabriel kind of came out to the, came out to the the red line and was jawing at Cassie across the red line. And they were kind of, you know, chirping each other back and forth during warmups. And you thought, Oh boy, this, this is how this is going to go. But I don't know if it was just teams deciding to be disciplined or the fact, as you say, Lehigh Valley just looked exhausted, uh, but none of that happened. It, it was a, it was a pretty cleanly played game. Lehigh Valley only taking one penalty, unfortunately, Hershey was able to convert it, uh, and they and they did win that uh, three to one. Now we talked, interestingly, Rick, you know about the fact that, okay, so they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, they're also dealing with a lot of call ups. Uh, just that morning, in fact, they had lost uh, Carson Torinsky, and it's going to come to me. There was one other that they and uh, Nicholas Albe Kubel. Um, they had both played the night before they got called up to Philadelphia that morning. Um, and so it was one of the questions that was asked of Scott Gordon afterward, you know, you're, you're dealing with, um, a really, really, really depleted and really banged up roster. Um, and it was it difficult to lose those two guys again this morning. Um, you know, even despite the fact, yes, it's a development league, but how difficult was that for you? And and here's what Gordon had to say about that. It's nice to see them get called up, but uh, at the same time, uh, you know, to see them play well last night, uh, I'd like to see them build off of that. And and uh, but that's what we're here for, so can't complain about that. I really thought, you know, it was it, Scott Gordon was not uh, very talkative after this game. Understandably, it was a pretty poor performance by the Phantoms. But I thought just in that quick ten seconds. That's an interesting statement, and it kind of coalesces with something, Rick, you and I constantly talk about, about building confidence and building off of good performance in the AHL You can't, that we try to advocate for not pulling the trigger too quickly to call, to call up younger prospects who are suddenly performing well. Don't make them jump up to the NHL right away. Let them, let them build on that. Um, and that's exactly what Scott Gordon just said, you know, said to, to see them play well the night before he would like to give them an opportunity to build on that. But then of course he acquiesces and says, but can't complain about it. Cause that's what we're here for is to prepare them for, for call-ups. So I just thought it's a 10 second soundbite, but there's a whole lot to unpack in there. I, I, I would focus on that second part and, um, him saying very clearly uh, we're not going to complain about it we're not going to make excuses that's what we're right. here for uh, mm-hmm. and that's a coach who understands the bigger picture the the and understands um, you know the, the reason for for an AHL team and understands the uh, the philosophy of a, an AHL team and, and coaching and managing in that uh, it's there to uh, support the the NHL team Absolutely. And we mentioned that partially to to show to illustrate that, um, I mean, that that situation, particularly at this time of the year, is 
pretty status quo for just about every team in the American Hockey League. Um, you're dealing with your own injuries. You're dealing with NHL injuries and call-ups. Um, and so you're, you're, you, this is where you need to be able to tap into the depth of your AHL organization in order to sustain any momentum that you've gained already to this point. Um, and for some teams, it's worse than others. Joel Bouchard is now one who is in that position where, uh, you know, the injuries keep piling up for Laval uh, in, in the last game they played. Um, Will Peltier was still out, hadn't played a, hasn't played a, a game yet for the Rocket this season. Dale Weiss was out again. Alex Belzeal is still out. Phil Veroni's still out. Noah Juleson is still out. And then in the interim, you've got call-ups of, uh, Ryan Paling, Riley Barber, Lucas Vedemo now up. Um, Matthew Pekka is up and injured, so he's not coming back anytime soon. Um, and so, okay, you look at the, the top point scorers for Laval right now, and of your ten, top 10 point scorers for Laval, five of them are either called up or injured. Um, so not ideal, right? Um, but, Rick, the difference is being able to – still work with what you've got on the roster despite all of that. And this past week uh, didn't seem to go so well in that department for Laval. <laughs> uh, they played three games at home, one against Cleveland and two against Rochester. Um, and they did manage to win one in a shootout. Um, but the two against Rochester were, uh, what one of them could have gone either way, and that was the one actually Friday night that Charlie Lindgren uh, was in net Friday night, and and for the first time, as Joel Bouchard told the media, uh, due to an organizational decision, Keith Kincaid would not get the start. They would not do the alternating goaltending, uh, and instead Charlie Lindgren would get his first back-to-back -back start of the season, and he did perform well despite the loss that night. Um, but the week certainly ended on quite a sour note I think we could say yeah I, th I think that's fair um, you know with respect to uh, the goal scoring um, it's tough to have um, those guys out of the lineup but but let's not um, let's not kid ourselves uh, whether whether even if having all of them in the lineup the uh, Laval Rocket are still having trouble scoring goals mm -hmm. um, Riley Barber is is tops uh, on the rocket. And if you look um, on the uh, AHL scoring list, Riley Barber is 71st in the AHL. Um, they've oh. got no one in the top 20. They have no one in the top 50. Top 70. seventy <laughs> <laughs> um, 71st in the AHL. Vedemo's 99th. Um, so in the, in the top 100, they have, uh, two and both of them uh, near the bottom of that particular list. So um, there's some problems in, in with the rocket that have absolutely nothing to do with injuries or call-ups or, or mm -hmm. any kind of, of movement um, that, and, and have existed there all season long. And now that Charlie Link, so of course, plenty of speculation why suddenly the quote-unquote organizational decision to put Charlie in again for a second consecutive game. Well, sure enough, uh, Saturday morning he gets recalled to Montreal. Caden Primo sent back down to Laval uh, all in advance of the Western Road Trip for the Canadians, uh, which 
I think Rick, you and I can agree was the right move for them to, to take Charlie on the road. Uh, we're not sure that he's going to get into a game, um, but give, you know, let him, let him kind of take that, take the reign of being Carey Price's backup. Um, but interestingly enough, so Lindgren had started on Wednesday night. They won in the shootout. Lindgren then started again on Friday night. That was the game that they, they lost by one goal, three to two to Rochester. They turn around uh, Saturday afternoon, a three o'clock game. You would think Keith Kincaid was going to get the start three games in the week. He hasn't played yet. No. Caden Primo freshly sent down from Montreal. Caden Primo gets the start. So Keith Kincaid doesn't see the crease at all last week. And, um, I can't, I, I can't, I think I even said this on social media that um, in the words of the head coach in Montreal wanting to send Caden Primo down and, you know, have him get some more games and some more experience and so on and so forth. I don't think it was in the game plan for him to go down and then get blanked five to nothing against Rochester. Listen, the, 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 the Montreal Canadiens, and regardless is if it's uh, Claude Julien or Mark Bergevin, um, there's a lot of, of marketing spin attached to uh, the quotes that you get from either of them. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they, they are making more use of, <laughs> of their PR department, uh, than their, their, their relatively new PR department than they have in the past. Um, the excuse of why did we call up Caden Primo? Uh, it's because we wanted to to uh, send Keith Kincaid down uh, and get lots of minutes. What he needs is lots of work. It didn't make sense from a whole number of reasons. First, you're sending him again uh, away from if he has problems, if he has pro- mechanical issues, technical issues. You're sending him away from one of the guys who's considered as one of the best uh, goaltending coaches uh, in the National Hockey League, Stefan Waite. Why are you doing that if if he needs to improve? Well, we're sending him down so he can get minutes. Well, you sent him into a situation where he's not going to get a lot of minutes because the head coach alternates and has had a system the entire the other, the entire way. And then the, the time that the coach breaks from that system, it goes against Keith Kincaid. So, Mm-hmm. Keith Kincaid has not even played two full games yet. 111 no. minutes, um, uh, not even two full games. Uh, so that was nonsense. Uh, you know, why did they bring up uh, Caden Primo? It's clear now. There's no debate on it. It was to change the the uh, the channel, change the message, change mm-hmm. the focus from the, the eight-game losing streak. Uh, without doing anything, without doing anything to improve the team, it caused a massive buzz. Um, and Caden Primo, um, how did he do? He did okay. Um, he did okay. Uh, he, he did okay. Uh, you know, um, two soft goals his first uh, period against uh, Colorado and, and was fine after that. Uh, against Ottawa, Ottawa managed just three high danger scoring chances that entire game. So he was okay. He got a lot of shots, but they were from, you know, um, uh, the middle of last week kind of thing. They, it, it was, it was, <laughs> it was an okay performance. They, they, the Canadians dodged a bullet. He didn't get lit up, and he returned to the AHL where he did get lit up. And we see um, Joel Bouchard's comments today. Well, he was really struggling before he 
uh, got called up, so we need to work with him. He needs practice time. Um, well, we've been saying that Claude all Julian, along. <laughs> exactly. It's not what Claude Julian said. Claude Julian no. said he needs to play games. So why isn't he playing tonight? Well, um, Joel Bouchard said he doesn't need games. He needs practice time, which is what mm-hmm. we've been saying. If, it, you know, um, the last six start, starts for Caden Primo, he, he has struggled in five of those starts, struggled mightily in five of his mm-hmm. last six starts. Uh, in those five starts, he's given up 24 goals. Um, so he, and, and, and this is nothing against him or his future, or um, this is speaking to the fact that he, he got called up um, and shouldn't have, uh, and, and it was unfair to put him in that situation. And he's got an awful lot of work to do at the AHL level with the Laval rocket for the rest of this season and next season. And then let's, then let's talk. Um, there's, there's, there's lots and lots and lots that need to be done with Caden Primo. And the fact that he came up and, and, you know, shot, stopped a weak shot by Brady Kachuk and the, the fans chanted his name, uh, well, that's a nice moment. <laughs> it's nice and for it him, gives but them come lots on. of confidence. It gives uh-huh. them lots of confidence. But let's let's get real here. Let's be realistic. Uh, he's not ready for uh, NHL action yet, and and neither should he be. Um, no, he's young. He's, he's way young. I mean, for, and and as we say constantly, goaltenders take longer to develop. So you need to go even more slowly with them than you would a forward or a defenseman. Um, this this poor kid hasn't even played three months in the American League yet. Um, and we should mention those five goals against. Now, the first two, not really, not much Primo could do on the first two. I will give him that. It's not that the five to nothing loss was solidly on the shoulders of the, of the goaltender. Um, the defense was abysmal again for Laval on Saturday. But after that, and even as, you know, Rick, we you noticed that Primo, while he didn't come right out and take his own accountability for it, in his post-game interview, he mentioned a couple of times, um, but that third goal is really, you know, really key. Well, the third goal was um, a wraparound by Jean-Sebastien D 14 seconds into the third period um, that Primo did not look great on uh, the, the goal after that he tried to, what was it that he was doing in, in Montreal with Stefan Waite? Wasn't, wasn't it that he was working on puck handling because he wasn't allowed to do that at all uh, in, in, in his earlier career? Uh, well, he had a bad clearing attempt uh, that ended up as a turnover and just a one-timer. Um, and then just it just fell apart from there. So so there were definitely a couple of goals that, not his fault, but there were definitely at least two of those goals uh, that he would for sure want back. Um, but we have one quote that we would like to play from Joel Bouchard from that night. Now, we've we've talked a lot over the last, a couple of years about the obvious weaknesses in the Laval lineup, whether it's last year, whether it's this year, um, the strengths that they have, but the areas that, that their weaknesses show as well. Um, And Joel Bouchard, again, kind of in the scope of 
how the team is reacting to, um, you know, a little bit of depletion and some, some roster shakeups and so forth. Here's what Jean Bouchard's reaction was. Uh, this was uh, Friday night, I believe it was. Um, you just got to be very proud of how the guy competed. And I think we could play with any team in the league, even if, you know, I mean, it's been like this for two years. Bring everybody here. Tell me a team that really outplows us, even if we had like the youngest team last year. And tell me this year, beside, a, you know, um, uh, sometimes games or that, but tell me when we were outplayed and outworked this year, it didn't happen too often. And again, this tonight, the guys outworked the other team, but um, didn't go our way. So before I let you comment on this, Rick, because I know you have, I'm sure you have plenty to say about this soundbite. First of all, I'm just going to dispel the, the, the thing that Joel Bouchard keeps saying in that they were the youngest team in the league last year. They weren't. We've talked about this ad nauseum. They weren't. Period. Moving on. Secondly, what he is saying here is bring everybody in and show me, show me this year, who has outplayed or outworked us. And it hasn't happened very often. If you take that at face value and say, okay, if we're going to believe that, then why are you not winning more? That would be a big red warning sign to me if, if you take that at face value. But, but Rick, I'm sure you have some thoughts on, on that reaction as well. Well, it's, it's um, you have to understand when you're speaking to him, there's, there's no overall view. He speaks off the cuff from that moment. And, and it, it may not match up with anything he says later in the interview. It certainly won't match up with anything he says next game or next week or next mm-hmm. month. It's just off the cuff, off of the top of his head. There's no overall um, understanding or breakdown of, of what, what is wrong with the team. It's just emotional reactions uh, in the minute. Um, so I, I, of course it's silly for him to say that, that they were, were, uh, that they weren't outplayed, um, um, anytime last year and, and, you know, rarely this year. And, and, um, they finished 27th in the league last year, 27th in the league. And, 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 and what was it? It it was, it was puck bounces. If it wasn't that they were outplayed, what, what was it? Um, they're middle of the pack, 15th, this, um, uh, 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 a jump from last year, of course. But, um, you know, this, this stuff is, is, is rather silly because it just doesn't, it just doesn't match up. Um, and it's kind of, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV kind of thing, kind of co- <laughs> method of coach. That's, that's what I always get from this. Um, uh, but um, he he talked also today uh, for another quote. Uh, he talked about Caden Primo. Mm-hmm. This I think was a little bit more on on um, message because he said, uh, and I'll paraphrase paraphrase because this is in French, reported by um, Anthony from ninety one nine. Said before uh, Caden um, uh, got his call up to the Canadians. He had a difficult time, the struggles that, that we were just talking about. Uh, mm-hmm. He went to the NHL and did well, 
Um, then he came back um, for um, a difficult performance collectively overall, the, a, a bad team performance, but he would like to have several of those goals back. Um, and he's talking about the, the five, nothing. And, and what you explained that, yes, it wasn't a great uh, effort by the, the rocket, but that he was directly responsible for several of those goals. Um, he goes on to say, Caden is, is uh, a talented youngster. Uh, let's see where he'll be in 18 months, in two years, in three years. He needs development. Um, he went through extraordinary things to have his name chanted at the Bell Center. And yes, it was, it was uh, a whirlwind for him getting called up uh, to hearing that, that primo uh, chant in the Bell Center. But again, let's, let's roll it back and be realistic and understand that it's going to take 18 months or two years or three years before he's ready um, to, to uh, contribute in an impactful way uh, at the NHL level. The question now will be, has, does, does Claude Julian and Mark Bergevin understand that as well? Or will marketing take precedence? Um, time will tell. <laughs> no, that's an uh, excellent question because the Canadians are desperate to make the playoffs. Actually, I should say Mark Bergevin is desperate for the Canadians to make the playoffs because he knows. Um, and I know the, the, the Bergevin cheerleaders out there don't think that he's on the hot seat at all. But he is. Oh, he is. Uh, and if if uh, he and Molson are joined at the hip, there's no question about that. But if Molson starts taking heat, um, and if they miss the playoffs again this year, uh, something's got to happen. It's either going to be Julian or Bergevin. Uh, somebody's going to pay the price for that. And so they are desperate to, as we saw, uh, change the channel. Um, and, and it might be, again, bringing up uh, Caden Primo. Is this good for Caden Primo? Of course it isn't. Uh, because now you have uh, Caden Primo, his expectations have been adjusted upwards. And that's going to affect how he uh, sees himself and how he sees uh, Will. Uh, you asked whether, Kaden, uh, whether um, Mark Bergevin or, and Claude Julien will be patient. Well, Caden Primo be patient because getting a mm-hmm. taste of the NHL before he really earned it um, is going to readjust his his sights uh, and his his view of himself, and and that's going to be difficult to manage his expectations as well. Absolutely, and you know, as we've said before, particularly with goaltenders, the mental game is a big is a big deal in in their development, um, and so. If he if he doesn't return to Montreal, is that going to affect his his mental game? Is he going to think that it's because he's not playing well enough? Is it going to chip away at the confidence? If he does get called up and sent down and called up and sent down, is that going to affect him? I, there's just there's so many factors. Um, I will just go on the record and say, Charlie Lindgren's up there backing up Price right now. That's how it should stay for the rest of the season. Period. End of discussion. Leave Primo down. Whatever happens with Keith Kincaid happens with Keith Kincaid. I mean, hey, uh, Michael McNiven is literally fighting to get out of the ECHL. So, 
<laughs> he's literally fighting. That's right. He's literally fighting to get out of the ECHL. Uh, goalie fight. Yeah. Goalie fight this week, uh, and and McNiven was right in there. So he's 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 literally scratching and clawing his way out of the East Coast League. Um, but leave Charlie Lindgren. Uh, joking aside, leave Charlie Lindgren where he's at in Montreal. He deserves to be there. He's got the experience and the maturity. Um, and he can provide solid backup support for Carey Price. And he's having a good season. Uh, Charlie Lindgren has, um, uh, 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 it's, it's dangerous. And we've said this to just, just look at the um, uh, basic simple stats, but, but even for those who do that, who, who rely on that, uh, Charlie Lindgren's uh, goal is against is better than, than uh, Caden Primo's. Uh, they both have seven wins. Um, Caden Primo's uh, save percentage is better than Charlie Lindgren's. So, but but more importantly, Charlie has the NHL experience. He has a lot of AHL experience to rely on too. When mm-hmm. when uh, times get a bit tough, and he has knowledge of of a lot of the the shooters. So, um, should, you're right. He should stay there. Will he? Um, I think if Charlie Lindgren was to stay as the backup for the rest of the season, as you said, which should happen, uh, that would be an indictment on Mark Bergevin, who made a huge mistake by signing Keith Kincaid over the, uh, the right. summer. And does, does Mark Bergevin want to admit yet another bad signing? Uh, the, there's a huge stockpile of, uh, of those signings in the AHL that are, are cluttering the lineup that are, are eating up cap space and that are, are preventing development um, in the, the, uh, or at least an obstacle to development in the AHL. Absolutely. One thing that we, um, we won't get too deep into this. Um, I'm sure that uh, you'll be discussing it um, ad nauseum with Joseph on Habs connection as well, but you know, you talk about how Mark Bergevin, people want to say that Mark Bergevin's maybe not in the hot seat um, and, and talking about how, no, he actually is. And, and, and he's desperate to get into the playoffs, which is exactly kind of the opposite of the indication he gave at his uh, media appearance the other day. And when he, when he was speaking about the Taylor Hall trade um, that finally happened with Arizona and, and defending his, non-action um on i shouldn't say non-action defending the fact that montreal wasn't the one that went out and pressed hard to get taylor hall um by saying that he's not going to mortgage the future um just to try to make the playoffs well i mean i feel like we're on record repeat um and as you've i I just wanted to give you an opportunity to just kind of just briefly state your case as to why, um, you know, there, there were ways that Bergevin could have been in on Taylor Hall without giving up the future and without giving up the big names who this team will need to rely on down the road. Yeah. Again, um, uh, Mark Bergevin is, it's, it's mixed messages. Um, he's saying that, um, uh, on on the one hand, you just have to because of parity, you just have to get in to the playoffs, and um, then something might happen. Well, um, you know, uh, uh, the Canadians are are. Um, oh, last I checked, uh, thirty five 
39% chance of making the playoffs. Would Taylor Hall have improved those those chances? Of course he would. Um, So uh, then why not make the move? And on the other hand, he says, um, you know, we don't want to mortgage the future. And I, I, I see a lot of those folks saying, well, um, yes, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have traded Paling and Caulfield and Romanoff and Suzuki for, um, uh, for Taylor Hall, but that, that isn't, that's, that's just disingenuous or, or perhaps a complete lack of understanding of, of, uh, the prospects that were traded. Um, right. Arizona didn't touch any of their A list prospects, um, didn't tra- didn't touch uh, Barrett Hayton, the top one. Soderstrom, who they picked up, uh, Capo Bianco. They didn't touch any of those guys. Nick Merkley's 22 years old, picked in 2015. Um, Kevin Ball, maybe the most promising. Uh, Nate Schnarr, maybe if a, a reach to get a bottom six. But these aren't. Yeah. These the only player who has a chance of making an impact is that first round pick. Uh, that and, and just a chance, right? Uh, that 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 uh, New Jersey picked up. Um, so, and and at, I think the other thing that people don't understand is Arizona's prospect pool isn't very strong to begin with. Um, so, as Brian Wild had said, if if you want to uh, compare, uh, pick the Canadians' seventh uh, to twelfth prospects. Uh, and you'll kind of have an equivalent sort of deal. Um, so it's 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 not Paling or Caulfield or Romanoff or Suzuki. It's more like Brook and and mm-hmm. Vedemo and Ekinen and and Yelonen and Olafson. Um, so would you would you give up those picks to to bring in someone who can make who's an elite player? Yes. Uh, and I said, well, uh, you know, I've heard uh, um, again the Bergevin cheerleader say, well, it's not like you're trading for Drysital. You're you're not going to make that <laughs> that that kind of player is not going to be available. This this is just nonsense. It's it's idiocy to say things like that. Um, mm-hmm. This was a chance to you know Arizona didn't give up anything from their core. They didn't give up their A-list prospects. They brought in um, a player who immediately becomes the best player on their team, uh, who's an elite forward and a couple of years removed from an MVP of the league. Uh, it, 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 uh, they, they obviously, um, uh, won the trade for New Jersey. They were never going to win this trade, but, uh, they did a good job bringing back some, some quantity as far as, uh, to, to, to help their prospect pool. Um, and, um, and, and, uh, some draft picks as well. So, um, you know, if, if the Canadians aren't going to make this kind of move and, and on the other issue is, um, well, people say it, it didn't help. The Canadians really need help on defense. They do. But again, that just highlights, uh, Bergevin's, uh, uh, woeful inaction over the, uh, the course of this summer. And, you know, even with bringing in a haul, uh, could you then, and, and not giving up your top prospects, could you give up a top prospect and bring in a top left-handed defenseman? Could you give up a, a spare part at that point, like Drew Ann and, and, and pick up a, a left-handed uh, prospect? Sure you can. It gives you all kinds of options at that point. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, this, this was a good move for Arizona and, um, and, and they're in the conversation now as, as uh, uh, they're having a good season and uh, they're, 
their general manager has brought an elite player and brought some buzz to, to, uh, to that market. Uh, and that's a very good thing. Absolutely. It definitely is. And uh, we'll uh, be keeping an eye on Arizona. And frankly, um, the, the Tucson Roadrunners have, have been pretty decent this year um, so far. And um, so we'll, in fact, they are leading the Pacific Division. So Arizona's, you know, got, got some guys on the farm as well. So we'll be keeping an eye on, on that organization here down the road. Uh, what we are going to do right now, however, is take a quick break. And on the other side, we will be back uh, with our second segment as we go around the AHL. So don't go anywhere. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to ahl.report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. Welcome back to From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. We're so glad you're here with us today. And, of course, don't forget to be following uh, our account on Twitter. That's at the AHL Report. We'd love to hear from you all week long uh, as you uh, follow us and follow the live coverage we bring you uh, of, of games as they're happening and, and of course, up-to-the-minute up to news and information about your favorite hockey teams around the AHL. Um, this segment, we just want to – we're just going to pop through some, some quick news, uh, really, in this segment. First of all, of course, we want to mention the CCM AHL Player of the Week, uh, and it's a guy who we've actually seen in recent weeks, Rick, uh, and, and that is Syracuse Crunch forward Gamel Smith. Uh, selected as the CCM AHL Player of the Week. In three road games for the Crunch last week, he scored five goals, including his second career hat trick. Um, so he's been doing uh, doing pretty well. Uh, and he, he actually uh, had scored, I believe, the opening goal against uh, Laval in Syracuse a couple of nights, a couple of weeks ago when we were there. Uh, and he looked, he looked like... Keith didn't vote for him. No, I don't. <laughs> no, Keith didn't put a vote in for him for um, Player of the Week. No, because that That's was right. Gamble Smith nineteen scored seconds 19 in, seconds in yeah. uh, uh, nineteen seconds into Keith Kincaid's first game in the, back in the AHL, and and Smith and scored. Gamel and Gamble Smith and, and welcomed so. him with open arms. He did. He did. Yeah. And an open net. Oh, too soon. So no vote too from soon. Keith Kincaid. <laughs> Sorry, Keith Kincaid. Uh, but congratulations to Gamel Smith uh, on, on that honor this week. Uh, there have been some announcements of suspensions today from the AHL. Cleveland Monsters forward Calvin Thurkoff has been suspended, suspended for two games uh, due to a charging incident against Wilkesbury, Wilkesbury Scranton last Friday. Uh, so he will miss um, 
both his uh, the team's game in Milwaukee on Friday and Rockford on Saturday. And then Springfield Thunderbirds defenseman Tommy Cross has been suspended for one game uh, for an illegal check to the head of an opponent uh, in a game played on Sunday. So those are your suspensions up to the minute. Um, just one little piece of news about a, a, a familiar name for uh, for many hockey fans, particularly uh, Laval Rocket fans and and possibly Phantoms fans as well. Hunter Shinkarik uh, was on the team uh, in the Canadians organization, played with Laval. Uh, he has been playing this year with Charlotte, with the uh, Calder Cup defending checkers. Interestingly enough, we bring this up, A, because he's a familiar name, but also because we've just seen this happen in recent weeks with David Sklenichka. Uh It's sounding like perhaps Hunter Shinkarik wasn't uh, satisfied with either his his role or, or his ice time or his prospects going forward, those types of things. Uh, and it looks like the checkers have released him from his AHL contract Um He's played 20 games for Charlotte this season, seven points, four goals, and three assists. Um, and head coach Ryan Worsofsky says, quote, he got a good offer in the KHL, so we're not going to hold the guy hostage. If he doesn't want to be here, he's free to go. Um, a, I like the transparency from the head coach. Um, and B, it sounds like another situation where perhaps he just wasn't getting the ice time that he wanted. I, I'm just I'm just guessing there. Um, and there it is again, KHL knocking on the door, telling players, you know what, if you're not, if you're not getting what you want in the AHL, we'll pay you to come over here. And guys are taking that offer. So very interesting news to see. And that's also going to, to relate to someone like Alexander Romanov, um, in his press conference this week, um, uh, Mark Bergevin said, eh, there's a pretty good chance. I feel good about my meeting with him, which is a far cry from um, what he said at the beginning of the season. No, Romanoff won't be coming this season, but I guarantee he'll be here next season. Now there's some, uh, however small a chance that Romanoff won't come because the KHL is throwing money at, at players and, um, um, there is a salary cap in the KHL, but not for young players. Um, I, I don't re- recall what the cutoff is, 21 or 22, uh, but players below that aren't um, a part of the salary cap. You know that uh, in the NHL, they'll have to deal with entry-level uh, con- contracts, which are kind of modest. And so the KHL figures that they can keep their young, pro- young uh, players there with money, uh, and then if they want to leave uh, after that, when, when the salary cap kicks in, they can go to the NHL. So um, this is, I think we're going to be hearing about this more and more uh, as mm-hmm. we go along. I think so too. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of keep a, a finger on the pulse of that, but Hunter Shinkarik heading out to KHL, it seems. Um, and before we wrap this segment, just want to take a quick look at the Eastern Conference standings. Uh, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms still sitting in sixth place. Uh, they're just under the 500 mark for winning percentage. So um, they're three and seven in their last 10 games. They're really hoping to get uh, get something going here with some positive momentum and, and kind of climb back up that leaderboard. But in the Atlantic, Hartford is back on top. They're actually tied for first place with Providence at 39 points. 
Uh, and in the North Division, the Rochester Americans are, are sitting on top with 40 points. Uh, the Marlies just a few points behind them. And then there's a three-way tie. Belleville Senators, Utica Comets, Laval Rocket. Uh, Belleville on a three-game winning streak. Utica and Laval dropping both of their last two games. Um, and actually, Laval's winning percentage is technically lower than the Syracuse Crunch in sixth place. So if we're looking at things in terms of winning percentage for a playoff spot, Laval's actually in sixth place in the North Division. Uh, so things will continue to heat up. They've got Rockford tonight and then another divisional matchup later this week. And uh, we'll keep you posted on how all of that goes as uh, we're getting close to the holidays. Where it's, you know, it's kind of getting close to that midpoint in the year. And every point is really counting these days. What we're going to do right now is take one more quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go beyond the AHL and uh, see what we've got in store for you. Don't go anywhere. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at the AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report. And watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back once again to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And we want to be sure to hear from you all week long, whether you want to talk about the podcast, uh, something you want to hear about on the podcast, or if you just want to talk about hockey, have a question about hockey, feel free to reach out to us on social media, on Twitter, at the AHL Report. We'd love to hear from our listeners and our readers and our followers, so don't ever hesitate to reach out at the AHL Report. And Rick, this segment, uh, we go beyond the AHL. And the first bit of news that we want to discuss is something uh, we've kind of not been able to give any solid details in the last, you know, six to eight months to a year because not a whole lot has come out about it. But we have certainly been beating the drum for the last few years about how the the Montreal Canadiens need to get back into into the corral of having a dedicated ECHL affiliate uh, to help their depth in the organization when they do have call-ups and the AHL roster gets depleted and so forth. Um, and so a lot of people had put hopes on uh, the new arena being built in Trois-Rivières in Quebec. 
Um, and lots of speculation and rumor and, you know, is, is that going to be a Canadian's ECHL affiliate? And um, out of nowhere this week, uh, some interesting news came out about it. And um, the prospects, no pun intended, but the prospects aren't looking too good. Not the, not the news that um, I would guess that the Montreal Canadiens were expecting to hear. This is, this is uh, just to remind people, and we talked about this um, oh, several weeks back on, uh, from the press box, um, about you know, the positive signs. This is the third season, the third season uh, without a designate, designated ECHL um, affiliate for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, we know that there's been nothing the last uh, two seasons, but uh, some forget that, that the season uh, prior to that, it was a split arrangement in Brampton with, with Ottawa. And, and let's be honest, Ottawa kind of uh, ran the show there. So it's three seasons uh, this, that this has been uh, a problem, an issue, and we've, we've spoken about why. Um, and um, it's all started out as a kind of a, a, dis, a, a lease dispute in St. John's. Um, and uh, Dean McDonald, the owner there, uh, came to Trois-Rivières uh, with, with uh, maybe eyes or threats of moving his team. And, and, and then uh, the situation was resolved at mile one in, in St. John's. But Dean McDonald remained connected to the Trois-Rivières project. Um, and what's interesting there is uh, Dean McDonald, his uh, manager of the team is Glenn Stanford, who we know very well, who managed the ice caps as well. Have a, ha, and he has had a long-standing connection with the Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, and from the Trois Rivières uh, side, uh, the mayor, uh, looking for a, a tenant, uh, hired a an envoy. Um, uh, that uh, and that was Mark Andre Bergeron, former Montreal Canadiens defenseman, uh, Mab for short. Um, and uh, it seemed like everything was kind of uh, working. So. Dean McDonald sent a presentation to Trois-Rivières, to the mayor. Um, it, it was endorsed by Marc-Andre Bergeron. Uh, it was uh, supported by the Montreal Canadiens, who provided a letter uh, of support. And everything looked to be uh, on track for the Montreal Canadiens having an ECHL affiliate next season in Trois-Rivières. Uh, the arena is is a fifty million dollar arena, brand new arena that's supposed to be finished this spring or summer. Um, well, um, Dean McDonald heard back from uh, Mayor Jean Lamarche, and he has informed um, um, Mr. McDonald that uh, his his project is rejected. Uh, his application to uh, bring an ECHL franchise to Trois Rivières has been rejected. Now it was done by the mayor uh, t- uh, totally solely. Um, uh, the the uh, city council was not consulted and apparently there's some rumblings that they're not too happy about that. Uh, but the mayor has said, no, uh, we'll, we'll um, bring a university team in here. And, um, and uh, at the same time, uh, terminated the contract of Marc-Andre Bergeron, uh, so it looks like him as an envoy, as an emissary, are, those days are done. Uh, McDonald has been told no. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens have been told no. Um, and it's, uh, it's a, a bit of a mess uh, right now. Uh, but 
at least at this point, um, uh, the uh, prospects of having the CHL affiliate for the Montreal Canadiens in Trois-Rivières are dead. We'll see what happens when uh, the city councillors get involved. And my big question is, if for some reason this falls through, if for some reason this does not come to fruition, do the Canadians have a backup plan in mind? Or are we going to see another season next year without an ECHL affiliate, which would be truly less than ideal is a nice way to put it. Um, Yeah, it's a mess. It's just a mess. Um, We'll continue to keep our eye on it. Um, Marc-Andre Bergeron, as you said, has been removed from his post. So um, I don't know. I don't know. Big news. Um, And funny that it was kind of, it just kind of came out quietly. Like it's, you know, the the Canadians haven't been ones to, as we've said, they haven't been making official statements about, you know, trying to go after an ECHL affiliate. So you you don't see this being talked about uh, very often. Um, And even this news coming up, I haven't seen a lot of coverage of it. Um, except here, <laughs> um, but this is important stuff for for depth and and the future of the organization. So we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Now, if if it turns out that UQTR, the the University of Quebec at Trois Rivières, is the sole tenant um, in this fifty four million dollar arena, which is pretty nice, yeah. um, you're going to want to go there for the uh, between periods uh, entertainment. And that is oh. because uh, the 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 that team called the Patriots. That project is led by Daniel Lamar, and he, of course, is uh, connected to Cirque du Soleil. Ooh! So is this going to be like Baby Vegas? <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far, <laughs> but when the CEO of Cirque du Soleil is leading the project. Uh, there's going to be some sort of wonderful uh, between period entertainment. Mm. Although I tell you in Hershey, um, none, oh nothing better goodness. than all my, those kids <laughs> driving the cars. And I was, we were in the press box. I was with the, the scouts and we were betting on, and, and I should say that I won. I, I, I you were betting on children. Okay. It was a friendly, <laughs> a friendly bet. That they was had, entertaining. That was entertaining. These, Those cars, three laps of the the rink. Oh my goodness, that was that was guys, that was much more entertaining than the game. Oh, absolutely, by far. They could have played. I think you even said they could just do that for the rest of the night. There, little guy, like little boys and girls. They must have been. I don't know, four, four or five driving little electric SUVs in a race yeah. in a circle from blue line to blue line. <laughs> oh, and, and the bumper carring that was, there was some aggressive driving. Oh yeah. It was great. It, it was fan. It was fantastic. Every arena should do it. Hands down. Best, best, best entertainment. It was fantastic. I take that. And over you Cirque du Soleil anytime. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> Um, okay, well, before we uh, before we sign off, there is one um, one t- 
topic that I just want to touch on briefly, um, a bit of solemn news. I'm sure everyone has heard by now about the the terrible news that the Flyers organization uh, received last week regarding Oscar Lindblom, uh, who at the um, very young age of 23 has been diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer called Ewing sarcoma. Um, it's incredible to see um, how the hockey community has rallied around Oscar. Uh, the hashtag Oscar Strong is is everywhere. Um, Oscar obviously likely will not play for the rest of this season. Uh, he actually is scheduled to meet with University of Pennsylvania medical team tomorrow uh, to explore his prognosis and determine a treatment plan. So we don't even as public uh, know yet what the outlook is um, for this young man. Um, it's scary. Um, all we know is that the sarcoma was discovered in his upper body. So we don't know where that is uh, in his upper body yet. Um, or if we will know, depending on how, how private Oscar chooses to keep this. Um, sent shockwaves really, uh, first of all, through, through the Philadelphia media and fan base and, and team. Uh, the team has had some struggles, you know, keeping it together after finding this out. Some of his former teammates, like those on the Canadians, Christian Follin, Jordan Wheel, also very affected by the news. Um, but amazingly, um, the team is back now in Philadelphia from their road trip. It's the first time they'll play at home since this news came out. Uh, they play against Anaheim tonight at 7 o'clock. And Oscar Lindblom stopped by the arena this morning to see everyone before game day skate. Um, and he was full of smiles, uh, apparently. Uh, there's some great pictures of him with Robert Hag in the locker room, big smiles on their faces, um, very emotional um, and my goodness, there's just been the things that the flyers are doing, the outpouring uh, of things that are happening. Uh, there's a fan movement right now to, uh, vote him into the all-star game next month, even though he won't be able to play in it. Um, but there's a big fan movement to, um, have him named as the honorary captain, um, T-shirts are being made by Kim Perrant, who is the daughter of uh, Bernie Perrant. She runs a, a graphic design T-shirt company, so she's getting uh, Oscar Strong T-shirts made to to sell for charity um, tonight. Twenty thousand "I Fight for Oscar" signs have been placed in the Wells Fargo Center at each seat. And fans during the first period are, uh, during a moment of tribute and support for Oscar, they're going to be asked to stand up and hold up those signs. So 20,000 I Fight for Oscar signs tonight. Um, the Flyers tonight will be wearing Hockey Fights Cancer warm-up jerseys during warm-up. Uh, those jerseys will then be auctioned off with all of the proceeds going to uh, Ewing Sarcoma Research uh, as well as uh, the Flyers' half of the 50-50 proceeds tonight are also going to the uh, Ewing's sarcoma research as well. Um, Just, it's it's emotional. Um, Cancer sucks. (laughs) You know, it it really does, Um, particularly when it happens to people uh, at a, at a young age, uh, it's hard to hear the stories of Oscar talking about how he it's, it's hard because he feels absolutely healthy. Um, 
And even Alain Vigneault at the press conference this morning said, you know, it's it's just to tell you a little type, little bit of the type of person Oscar is that when when the team got back to Philadelphia, um, Oscar, in the midst of everything Lindblom's got going on, Oscar texted Konechny to ask how his head was going, how his how his head was feeling because of the concussion he received, um, and so he's 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 dealing with this overwhelming news and medical diagnosis, but he's still looking out for his teammates as well. And Rick, um, we have covered Oscar Lindblom for a few years now. We we uh, we covered his first development camp with the Flyers. Um, have always been impressed with, with him as a hockey player and just seems like genuinely one of, one of the really, really nice guys in hockey. Um, it's hard news to hear. From that first uh, development camp, um, he stood out to me and um, I was just, uh, he wasn't one of the players that I had in mind uh, going to the camp, but he certainly was stuck in my mind uh, after those few days of development camp um, I, I was, I remarked on his, his skill, um, his hands, his, his, uh, speed. Um, and, um, you know, all of this, and, and then we had an opportunity to, uh, when, when the Phantoms were on their, uh, playoff run, uh, against the Marlies, we, we had an opportunity to, uh, interact with him, uh, several times then, um, you know, he's, he's a very important player to uh, the, the Flyers, uh, this season. Um, you know, all this talk about the all-star game is not, is not, it, it's, it's not the kind of tokenism that was there for John Scott. He's, he's, uh, tied for the lead in, in, uh, goals. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, Vigneault praises him, uh, was, has been praising, praising him constantly, how, uh, everybody he makes, players better when they when you play with with Oscar uh and yet at the same time um when you talk to him he's just um quiet humble kind um genuine um and um and and this 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 really takes you back and and Mm -hmm. um because it's going to be a tough road for uh for him and um and no matter you know what team uh, you're a fan of, uh, this this crosses all all of those uh, rivalry lines, and and uh, you got to really feel for for um, Oscar and and uh, want to uh, support him and see him uh, come through this uh, well. Absolutely. Uh, thankfully, fortunately, he plays hockey in a city that has one of has a number of the top hospitals in the country, particularly for, for, for cancer treatment. Um, so he's in the right place. The flyers have committed to making sure that he gets all of the best treatment and care. Um, we talk a lot about the marketing zoo that sometimes we feel that happens in Montreal. Um, the marketing folks in Philadelphia are, are right on right on the money. Um, we've talked, a, we, we joked a little bit uh, at the beginning of the season that the new, the new hashtag and the new official slogan for the Flyers for this year was hashtag Flyer Die. Um, 
I don't know that the Flyers are going to come out and say this in a press release, but this is kind of just a friendly pass it along uh, that the Flyers are not using that hashtag anymore since the day of Limblom's um, diagnosis. They have ceased using the hashtag. Um, and I do see on Twitter, um, Russ Joy, who is uh, one of the co-hosts of the Snow the Goalie podcast on 610 ESPN Radio, which I've um, been uh, had the honor of, of appearing on a couple of times, has mentioned that he was told by a source yesterday that all signage of that hashtag has been removed from the Wells Fargo Center. Um, and apparently that is the case. Uh, so so good job on them on being right on top of that and, and knowing that that's no longer an appropriate hashtag. Uh, it's not any, it's no longer an appropriate marketing, um, tool and, um, just want to give a little kudos to them and, and kind of spread that word as well to not use, to not use that hashtag anymore, but we wish Oscar Lindblom nothing but the best. Um, and we just all pray that his medical team is able to find the solution to get him healthy very quickly and get him back, uh, to the sport that he loves. With that being said, uh, so this week we've got some more coverage. Of course, the Laval Rocket are playing tonight at home against the Rockford Ice Hogs, and then they go out for one game on the road against division rivals the Utica Comets on Friday night. Rick, you and I will be there in Utica to cover that game live, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, Tonight, our colleague Chris G is at Plotz Bell. Uh, he'll be getting some post-game uh, interviews, of course, tonight after that game as well. So we've got full uh, AHL report team coverage in the rinks, in the press boxes this week. So you won't want to miss any of that. Uh, of course, as I said, be sure to follow us on Twitter at the AHL report for all of the recaps, the post-game audio, uh, exclusive videos, and the live game updates. And Rick, if uh, folks want to you know if they really like this podcast and they want to hear all the rest of our podcasts on rocket sports radio where would they go to find those you can go a number of places you can go to um ahlreport.com um and uh, certainly find this podcast from the press box you can also go to allhabs.net and find uh the other three podcasts um, but it's probably just as easy um, if you're out and about, especially doing some last minute Chris- Christmas shopping and you want to be listening uh, to your favorite podcast, just w- wherever you find your podcast, search for Rocket Sports Radio and subscribe and you'll get all four of uh, the podcasts that, uh, that we put out here. Great content, all different, and uh, you'll, you'll enjoy all of them, I'm sure. Absolutely. We invite you to listen to them all. It's all wonderful stuff. We've got a great team here at Rocket Sports Media producing some great content. Um, And also on the AHL report, check out Chris G's latest Rocket Notepad, where he breaks down all of his thoughts on the Rocket happenings in in recent weeks. Um, And with that being said, it's time for us to go. So we are going to, of course, be bringing you that game tonight and on Friday. Uh, Follow along with us reach out to us on Twitter and thank you so much for being here on this wonderful Tuesday before Christmas and you know where to find us. We'll be back again very soon on from the press box right here at the AHL report. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.